everyone. Welcome to episode 35 of The Elephant in the Room. I'm your host, Matt Lawson. Um, tonight, we've got a special guest, Shalina, uh, coming on later on. I'm just going to go through and do some uh, quick news stories from the day in the daily download. So um, one that's just come through is Richmond Tigers player Marlian Pickett arrested. Um, so that's just come through a moment ago. Um, let's just have a look. WA burglaries. Being held in uh, custody over WA burglaries, four counts of aggravated burglary and three counts of stealing and criminal da- damages targeting commercial properties across uh, last December and January. Why would you be doing that? You're in the AFL. You're earning good money. There must be a lot more to it. Um, yeah, but that one's just come through. Um, they're still talking about uh, the Brittany Higgins rape allegation. Uh, Michaelia Cash from the Liberals is accusing Labor of weaponizing it. They're, they're all scums, as I say. I keep on saying over and over again, all the politicians are scumbags. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't even know what's coming out of it anymore. It goes around in circles every single day. I think it's just to keep us distracted, maybe. Now, an Aussie woman uh, found $7,000 worth of gold in the outback. She's on one of the gold shows. She said, she gold digger. Yeah. Remember that song? That was a good song, actually. Uh Vivid drone show causes transport and security changes. So they've got drones all above Sydney. Um, I'm not a big fan of drones. I think they're a bit uh, of a dystopian kind of weird thing. So I'm not a big, big drone person. Um, They're also talking about many students uh, start high school lacking basically literacy skills, yet experts can't agree on the solution. I think it's two-pronged. I think at the schools... Um, the the teachers aren't strict enough on marking people down. So everyone gets marked as, you know, doing well in everything, even if they don't do well. So they really have to give more time to each student to say, you're not doing as well in this. We need to put more time into it. Parents then have to be part of it as well. So parents have to be at home giving the time to their kids to read and go through basic maths. It's a, it's a really important thing that parents can help with as well. So that's my two-pronged solution to that one. Um, because I think that parents aren't putting enough time sometimes into their kids because the world's such a busy place now. So um, the next one, the last one I'll talk about because we'll go through and grab the interview um, is the cost of living is going up. So a thousand, uh, there's different suburbs in Australia, 38 different suburbs where the mortgages have gone up by $1,000 or more due to these interest rate hikes. Now, the elephant in the room is that I feel like this is all part of a collapse that they're trying to put in place as part of the New World Order. It sounds crazy. It sounds like a conspiracy. But if you're out there and you've been looking at the last few years, this is what's happening worldwide is that they are crashing the economies all around the world. The cost of living has gone up supposedly because of the Ukraine-Russia war. Um, Cost of living has gone up to the point where people cannot afford their mortgages. People can basically not afford any of their basic food supplies. Um, Everything's really expensive and really hard. I'm I had some savings and I've eaten into it. It's nearly all gone because everything's so expensive. Petrol, food, clothing. I haven't had new clothes for so long. It's really sad. And they want us to, to suffer and they're now testing in the UK basic universal income. So everyone gets the same income. Uh, you might not necessarily have to work, but you get an income in your pocket from the government. Who wants to live on government handouts, basic universal income in smart cities, uh, being fully surveillance the whole time, every single day? I don't think anyone wants that kind of life, but that's where I think it's heading.
which is causing trauma for everyone, which actually leads into my guest for tonight. Uh, Shalini um, uh, helps people with their generational trauma and, and she's a really amazing person. So I'll cut across to her now and uh, I'll come back to you guys for the moment, mindful moment at the end. Okay, see you guys. So now we've got our guest for tonight, uh, and our guest tonight is Shalina. Um, she runs a page on Instagram called Sedate underscore, so S-E-D-8, the numeral eight underscore. Um, Shalina, how are you going tonight? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. Um, I, as I do with everyone who comes on, it's pretty, uh, we don't really do any editing or anything. We're just going to have a chat and, and find out a little bit about you. So I thought yep. I'd just start off by letting you um, introduce yourself and letting me know a little bit about what makes you tick. <laughs> um, okay, so my name's Shalina and I'm based in Sydney yep. and I am a counsellor. I, um, I predominantly work with the Indian community because I'm yep. from I'm Indian myself born in Australia and my the areas I work on is pretty much the things that I have been through in my life so things like intergenerational trauma childhood trauma um, domestic violence and fatherlessness those are yep. like my areas of I guess I, I guess they're my passions and I also make music and I sing um, yeah I guess music kept me sane. So music is for my mental health and counseling people is for their mental health, I guess you could say. I love that. And, <laughs> and uh, what makes me tick? Oh, a lot of things do. Uh, I would say anything against children, child abuse, those things really make me tick. Domestic violence, yep. the, the ridiculousness of what is going on in the world right now in terms of, you know, the trans LGBT craziness that we're seeing in the media yeah yeah that stuff plus obviously you know this whole covid craziness that me being unvaccinated I copped so much for two years like I was the crazy person for not getting vaccinated so I can just imagine. things like that <laughs> yeah drive me yeah <laughs> so I guess uh with so when you talk about um domestic violence and and those kind of things within Indian families you said you were born in Australia um yes. what's the history of your family when did your family uh come to Australia and what's their their sort of history from India to here and your family history so I was born here my mom and her parents were actually born in Fiji, but their parents were born in India. So we're oh. two generations out, uh, but we're not classified as Fiji Indian. They're separate to us who pretty much we know our ancestry and we're from the northern part of India. And then my mom settled in Australia in about 1975 or something like that. Yeah. And then I was born in the 90s and... Um, to be honest, my father was never in my life, so I don't know much about him. I believe he was born in Malaysia or he was raised there. I, I really don't know. Yeah. Um, I guess that was that my mom and my dad, domestic violence, you know, happened between them and visa issues. He married my mom for visa, hence why he got her pregnant with me, yeah. hence why I do all this work because that to me was, you know, growing up, that was childhood trauma. That was yeah. intergenerational trauma and the domestic violence I've been through in my own relationships um yeah I think not having a dad impacts you in many ways and I think it prohibited me from making wise choices in my relationships 
And it's interesting. Think, yeah, it's interesting that the the cycle that has happened in the past is something that's mm-hmm. shaped you shaped you so much towards what you're doing. Uh, sorry to cut you off as well. I'm really bad with that, but I, but I, I get okay. a I get a thought and I'm like, I have to ask this. So the the <laughs> idea that um the cycle that you've gone through has shaped you so much into what you do in your life. I, I think mm-hmm. um it sounds like you're the kind of person that's actually going to break a cycle that's been going on, maybe because you know a lot of people the cycle keeps on happening through generations because they, yes. they don't sort of make a stand and say, um, I don't want this to happen to myself or my, my children or my family or whatever it is, but a lot of it's yeah. self-awareness. Um, how yeah. have you found that journey? How have you, so you sort of got into doing this type of um, intergenerational trauma and childhood trauma and healing. Um, has it been hard for you? Cause I'm guessing you had to come to terms with some of your stuff before you could help other people. It's a, it's a grieving process because yeah. grief is not just when somebody dies. Grief is the absence of someone or something. Um, I was always curious about my family history and I don't know, I, it must be my inquisitive nature that when I started to find out things about my family, my family, meaning my mom's parents, because that's the only set of grandparents I have. Yep. And then I, I'd i love to know about their parents and their parents. I started to, without even realizing that intergenerational trauma was a term, years ago, I started to put together the pieces and be like, oh, that's why this person's doing what they're doing. This is why, you know, my grandma did what she did and my granddad did what he did and my mom's yeah. the way she did it. It kind of fitted together, but I didn't know the term for it was intergenerational trauma. And then um, I I guess there was a lot of grieving around. And once I started getting into mental health, a lot more of it and researching, I realized there's so much like grief and loss and acceptance in this. And it's not an easy process. It's not for the weak, but you don't realize how broken you are <laughs> until yeah. you start, you're just like, holy crap like what the hell like I I've just you know I've got so much on my plate the the world the weight of the world feels like it's on your shoulders and um but once I started to realize why they were the way they were and why they did the things they did I guess I mean some people just don't know better you know the resources we have now in 2023 wasn't even available in 1993 wasn't available in 2003 so you know, the fact that I've got that much awareness and I know that their generation, meaning my grandparents and my mom's, they just they just did what they knew best at that time. Yeah. I think I'm out here to do better and and I know I've broken that because I tell my family, I'll be like, This is generational bullshit. This is what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> this is what's going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I think I thought I was crazy. Yeah, I think with that awareness, it, it it's um quite a strong thing as well. It gives you a lot of strength, yeah. and I guess that even the fact that you can point out certain things to them where they go, oh, we maybe they didn't realize, maybe they're not ready to hear it, but it's yeah. a really amazing thing to hear you um have gone through you know something so hard and come out with the idea of helping others. That's actually a really beautiful thing as well, and. I've seen, I've looked at videos on your page and you you do lots of, um, what would I call them, like tidbits, like little snapshots and little videos to get people thinking. And I think that's a really good thing as well. Um, do you find that speaking out and, and putting ideas and thought processes out there, does that continue to help you heal as you go along as well? 
Yeah, I I wear my heart on my sleeve and some people might think that, oh, I, I do things and I say things for sympathy, but it's not it's not ever for sympathy. I don't need anybody's sympathy. I do it yeah. because I know I know people are struggling and I know people don't know that there are labels for certain things that happen. I just want to honestly, my goal is to validate a person's pain to yep. validate a person's trauma and their suffering and be like, Hey, like, this is just so normal. Like, and, 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 and to also make them realize that um, so much of our trauma is actually ma- medicalized and monetized yep. upon and your trauma, you can heal your own trauma. Once you are open to learning about your family history and learning where your trauma comes from and and dealing with your inner child wounds your teenage self your adult self you know there's so much processes but I just want people to be aware that sometimes when you go and get help some people they prey on your your traumas and you think you need like to go to 20 therapy sessions but you really don't (laughs) or you you feel like you need to take this medication but you don't um and I've just seen that cycle repeat with people and some of my clients and it's just you know it's not on yeah it would be hard to watch because I I think that what you're saying spot on that um a lot of the medical industry pharmaceutical industry whoever it is they want a quick fix but it's not really a fix it's a band-aid solution they're not looking at the actual the actual problem They're, they're looking at uh I guess um they're looking at what people are coming through with, like the symptoms they're saying I'm depressed and I'm sad and I'm this and that and that, and they're giving them a bandaid. They're not saying, well, we need to look into your, you know, trauma to work out, you know, how to, uh, I guess part of it, because I'm going, I've gone through it myself as well. Your story actually reminds me a little bit about me, except that you've got the whole Indian side of it. And I don't have that. I'm I'm a very, (laughs) very Australian here, but like my my dad was quite um, physical with my mum and whatever else. I was slightly different that he stayed in my life. But a lot of my trauma healing has been uh, understanding that it's okay to not be okay in a way and, and to to not try to mask everything because I was trying to mask things all the time. Do you find with the people you speak to and the people that um, reach out to you, because I'm guessing you get messages from people that are, uh, see something you put up and they want to talk to you, do you find that um, a lot of them haven't got to that point yet where they've got to accept that the the trauma is there? Because um, I, I do think a lot of people run away from their trauma as well. I find that people are not able to connect the dots because yeah. the trauma that you, you're going, not you personally, but in general, no. the person goes through um, at the moment is usually a buildup of childhood trauma, trauma in their teenage years, trauma in their relationships, and yeah. sometimes it's 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 how they were raised. So then that's intergenerational. And some people don't go that far back. Yeah. And then it, it's not only your parents, it's their parents. It's 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 connecting the dots and people don't do that. And then they, they're left with a gap, a knowledge gap and an awareness gap. And, yeah. and that continues to eat them alive because they don't know. But why? why is this person the way they are? Or why am I going through this? Why am I feeling like this? The yeah. other thing I've noticed is that people, um, we've got like 24,000 emotions as humans, right? And I can't even remember 24 of them. So yeah. <laughs> um, I think that people, they don't label their emotions correctly because, you know, um, we have primary, secondary and tertiary emotions. 
Yeah. And most people will just be like, oh, I'm feeling angry. But then your anger might stem from something like, are you feeling betrayed? That's That would be your primary emotion. And then yeah. are you feeling betrayed because you're feeling you know, humiliated and that's why you're feeling angry. So if you don't label your emotions correctly and you don't know how you actually feel, you're not going to be able to heal. Yeah, that's really interesting as well. And I think also something that I noticed that happens a lot and, and myself being a parent as well, I've got kids, three kids, and I, at times I notice that I do what my parents used to do and that's when someone's upset, I say, you'll be okay it's okay, push through, be a, be a big man or whatever it is that you say. And you don't actually allow them to feel the emotions they're going through. And I, I think it's really important. I think there's a parenting gap, maybe. I don't know if it's just in Australia, if it's worldwide, there's a bit of a parenting gap where we don't like people to show their emotions because we're in such a fast-paced world that it's like, get past that and move on, get past that and move on, get past that and move on. And when you pile up 20 different things, that are whether they're large trauma or small trauma, and they're all getting into the back of your brain somewhere and you don't do anything about it. I feel like that's part of why people collapse as well. Yeah, well, trauma is an energy that needs to be released. It's, it's you know, during and after traumatic events, the body needs to release energy. And when you're going through trauma, the, the body is, the brain is trying to decode and figure out what is happening. But in order yep. to decode what is happening, the you know you have to revisit the traumatic event and then it feels like a clash of two worlds inside one body you know you, you oh, one's trying to decode one's trying to run away and you just can't win yeah <laughs> and I think no. that's why trauma goes unhealed because people don't know how to cope when they are revisiting the pain or processing the pain and yep. then people try and suppress the pain because it's easier than reliving it so I mean even I did it I used to drink you know I, I get it but that, that all makes sense you suffer yeah, in the end, you suffer for sure. And I think um, that actually segues really well because I was going to ask within um, what happened with uh, COVID-19, with the mm. lockdowns and you had good old Gladys over there in Sydney. And oh, we had, yes. And we, had, uh, and we had Dan Andrews here. What I found very early on in the lockdown, and it'd be interesting to hear if you found this too, but I found that for me, because I'd gone through trauma and been around narcissism and been around abuse, when the premier got up and spoke, I felt like I was back in an abusive relationship again. I felt like I was right back in this abuse again. And, and it kind of brought up old trauma for me. Do you think that uh, there's a lot of people now walking around with more um, trauma or more issues in their life because of what happened with COVID-19? Because it was such a shock to the system. Yes, because it's a new way of life now. Like yeah. some people have woken up and realized how much damage the government does and is capable of doing and will continue to do it's it's like a I feel like it's a grief process you're yeah. grieving what you believe you 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 should have and want to have but it's not there and you can't have it the the, the freedoms and how, like we're not free like people we don't live in a free world no we don't have freedoms we we are actually bound I, I feel like we're I feel like especially now in this day and age, I feel like I'm bound by chains. And I feel like even me as a counselor, I'm living in worry 24 seven, what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. You know, is it going to be, there's going to be another pandemic. When is it going to happen? What's going to happen? And I think COVID really screwed everybody over. Like you, you had the ones who were like, Oh, why aren't you vaccinated? Like calling me crazy. <laughs> then, yeah. 
you had all of us who were not vaccinated getting attacked 24-7. I felt like that was domestic violence. Oh, 100%. It felt like domestic violence was occurring, emotional and psychological and physical abuse, financial abuse, social abuse, legal abuse. Holy shit. Yeah. All forms of domestic violence is what we just went through, which was legalized by the government. The government was afflicting this on us. Yeah, that's the crazy part. And I think that what what happened and what they what they did really well was their messaging. So while we mm. saw they were trying to get people jabbed and then I think they're <laughs> they've got really bad marketing teams because the ads they put together were like the most <laughs> ridiculous things I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like so cringe. I'm like, dude, you guys are gonna get better at this if you want to kill the whole world. But like at the same time, I feel like they they played the psychological game quite well. Like they called everyone anti-vaxxers. They started name calling neo-Nazis, yes. anti-vaxxers, yeah. um, you're gonna kill grandma. They use they use really smart language in a way to yeah. turn everyone against each other. You know, yeah. when you're in and, and you've lived it in your family and you've seen other things where there's domestic violence and there's verbal abuse. So verbal abuse, yeah. people forget about as being abuse, the name calling and things like that. I see on your page, you talk quite a bit about narcissism and, and narcissistic yeah. type relationships. Did you see any yeah. um, parallels between the two as well? Oh, yeah. They're so... Oh. My ex was a narcissist, so yeah. I, I learned a lot about narcissism through my ex. As you know, you learn a lot more in your life through relationships than you do anywhere else. Yeah. So it was through him I learned so much about narcissism. But yeah, it it it's it, what the government is, isn't it? And it's <laughs> you just you can't you you feel like your back's against the wall and you just can't escape it. Yeah, and that that's and, the thing, and I think that even. Like um, when it was playing out and we could uh, see and hear that it was um, happening and you felt like, like you said, your ex was a narcissistic person and you saw that. I even think, I'm going to put this out there on my podcast, I don't talk about this much, but I even think I had narcissistic traits back 10 or 15 years ago. And I, it, you sort of have this self-awareness that you're doing the wrong thing, but you still keep on doing it. And I think that there's there's uh, a lot of learning that goes on but what i've watched within the governments now because you're seeing all these different uh politicians or whatever else quitting jobs and leaving or whatever else i don't think there's any self-awareness that's making them do that i actually think that they know they've, they've done something pretty bad and they're trying to get away from their roles um what are your thoughts when it comes to where things are headed to next uh, are we talking about COVID related? Or are we talking about what's actually happening in the world with all this LGBT trans? I think a happening? bit of everything. Yeah. Oh, uh, my my thoughts. I um, oh, I'm scared. Yeah. I'm actually scared. I, I'm my focus now that like I've just I I let go of COVID, but now my focus is on the LGBT the the trans gender ideology crap. And that fills me with fear because they're trying to deconstruct the family unit yep. and they're teaching it in schools. And I don't have kids yet, but one day if I do, at that point, what's going to happen? I mean, I feel like we can't stop it. And that's, yeah, that's, oh that's, sorry, that's an interesting one as well, because I've got a lot of people saying it feels like it's something we can't stop. And you know, as much as we're educating within the groups that we're in, we're all in a little bit of an echo chamber. And 
there are a lot of people saying, I don't know exactly what we can do because it is spreading through all the schools um, really yeah. quite quickly. And it's not that anyone's homophobic or anything. Each person, some people might not like, you know, gay people or whatever else. Myself, I'm not homophobic at all. And I know people from every different group mm. that you can possibly imagine, but most of them don't talk about it. They just live their life. And, and the fact that it's getting pushed on us the way it is, it, it is... As you say, it is feeling like, you know, what can we do to stop it? Well, I mean, they're, they're trying to change the meaning of these words. Like a woman yeah. is a birthing person. A, a ma men are going to be called person who produces sperm, you know. <laughs> like it, it's, it's so scary. And we live in a world where like the intelligent people who are woken up, we're being silenced. I've yeah. had threats yeah. sent to me because I post a lot about it, but I post it on my stories. And we're being silenced because people who are trying to, you know, think that they can just change their gender when they wake up in the morning, they're getting offended by the truth. Yeah. And I think and, I, I think it's interesting that um, there are different ways to get your message out there as well. And, and I think that the fact that you do these short videos is a really good way because some people's attention span so short that they 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 don't want something <laughs> any longer than that. That that is actually what they can um, take on board. And, and with yeah, and with social media, the the things that um, get out there, they do spread. Like quite often, you have no idea the reach that you've got, and people are seeing these videos and stuff. And yeah. that's the other thing is with your music. So you're obviously I've listened to your music. I love it. I think you've got a really great voice, and, and you write really well. And I think if we can, we maybe need to shift the way we think because people, uh, and you probably maybe can tell me more about this, but in a domestic violence type relationship, if you go to someone and say your boyfriend's this, your girlfriend's that, they don't really listen. If you can get a moderate message out there and let them discover for themselves, maybe they, they work things out a bit better. So like music, like what you're doing, gets out to people and touches their heart or makes them think. Um, is there a better way for us to sort of do our messaging to get it out to people to, to help them? I guess art therapy usually works for some people in forms of poetry, in forms of drawings, photography, yep. music. But I feel like for me, um, the short videos work because I try and keep it short and concise and straight to the point. Yep. Uh, I feel like, I, just, I feel like con constantly posting in the short videos and putting on the stories is the only way. I've gained a lot of attention because I started speaking about things that people didn't want to speak about. Yes. And then that that's when I had people send me messages and <laughs> tell me the, <laughs> how much they hated me. And then yeah. I had messages of support. But for every hateful message, I have like 10 messages of support. So I don't actually get upset anymore. You I used can't. to. Yeah, you really can't. You have to be pretty thick skinned when you're speaking about stuff like that. And I think the the I was watching the other day a video that was talking about the mass psychosis that's going on. And and it's literally this groupthink idea where because they took everyone apart from each other and they couldn't be around the water cooler and have small conversations, they got into a, a, a fear state. And the only way that they could get out of it was by group group. Uh, thought processes where they went well you're doing this so I'm going to do this and we're all going to help each other because the government was probably say basically saying the only thing you can do is be safe you need to be safe you need to be safe you can't live you can't be happy you can't be joyous you have to be safe so everyone joined together in that and I think 
with your music and, and you know your videos um well particularly your music you bring joy to people like you you're bringing like uh, a happy feeling and that's what i think we we need to do a little bit of society and if it if we can't fix it and it goes to shit we just run away but at this stage i, I think you know what you're doing is really fantastic well thank you i i just do it out of passion I guess I know what it feels like to be alone and depressed and broken and then I also know what it feels like to have help and support and I want to be that person that can help and support in any way I can because I just feel like to live is to suffer sometimes yeah and but I've accepted that okay just the crappiness is part of life so I try not I, I control myself and try not to get shocked at things like yeah. whatever I hear on the news, whatever I, whatever information I find about how this world is just going downhill, I just train myself and be like, all right, I'm not going to get shocked. They're like, regardless of how I feel, crap yeah. is going to happen in this world. So I need to keep strong and keep educating people. So my goal is to just educate on whatever I learn. As soon as I learn something, I'm like, okay, I want to give it to everybody. I want everybody <laughs> to know what it's well. <laughs> I like that. I like that. And I think that, um, with you just with your page i was going to ask you so uh, i as i said to people before it's sed the numeral eight and underscore um sedate and with your page uh, are you happy for people to message you email you if they need any help if they want to sort of work through the trauma they're doing they're in do you do one-on-one type thing anytime send me a dm i don't know if my email is up there if it's i think it's there or just it's, send me a message. Like yeah, it I love says talking. email, so I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, it does say email. Yeah. Yay! Yeah, <laughs> I, as I I love connecting with people and helping them to the to the best of my ability. So, and I and I and I only help people who, um, if if I've been through it and 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 I've lived that journey of various things I've been through in my life. Um, I will I like to help those people because I've lived in their shoes. But if it's something I can't help with. I don't, I'm not, I'm never going to waste a person's time and pretend like I can help with a certain situation that I may not be able to help with, but, but, but then I'll refer them to someone or I'll be completely honest with them because, you know, it's not, it's not right. It's not the moral thing to just try and take a person's time or money just because you want that. Yeah, <laughs> no, not fair money. enough. And the other thing I was just going to ask, like one more question, uh, what's the best place for people to hear your music? Because I, I, as I said, I've heard it and I really love it. Um, I think you said you've got a YouTube channel. Is it the same name that you've got up on Instagram? Yes. Or just on Spotify as well as SED8. Um, yeah, just, uh, I think I've got, I think it's on Instagram as well. I, I post it like wherever I can. <laughs> yeah, but I think but, you, you, you're you sort of like uh, humble about it. So that's why I'm saying everyone needs to go and listen, jump onto YouTube, uh, SED8 and, and have a listen because it's really beautiful music. Listen to the lyrics as well. Um, thank you so much for jumping on today. It's been really great chatting. I'm sure, you know, at some stage in the future, we can get you back on again for another chat. Is there anything you want to leave people with? I love doing this to people and putting them under pressure. Is there any last words that you want to put out there to the people having a listen? Oh, um, last words. Um, I got this from, do you know, Jordan Peterson? He's yeah. like my favorite psychologist out there. Uh, most of the time, I'm going to paraphrase it because I didn't see his whole interview on this, but pretty much what he was saying is that if you're feeling like crap, um, the first things you have to look at is 
do you sleep properly? Do you drink enough water? Are you dieting properly? Are you exercising? Are you getting fresh air? So if anybody's feeling like crap, like, are you doing these five things to begin with? Because if you do that, I think that will solve like at least 30% of your problems. If you just regulate your sleeping, eating, drinking water, getting vitamin D and things like that. So I would say I would leave you with just do the basics, those minimal things, and then please, please, please address your trauma, like your childhood trauma, because you you can lead a beautiful life once you start accepting and dealing with your trauma. Like life gets better and you become more powerful and then you can help other people. So don't, don't be scared. I love it. Thank you so much. Uh, and again, everyone, just jump onto SED8 uh, on Instagram, YouTube, uh, Spotify, er- everywhere, all around the world. Um, I'll leave it at that. Thank you so much for jumping on tonight, Shalina. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You're wonderful. Have a great night. Bye. Thank you. Bye. That was a great chat with Shalini. Um, I've got a couple more guests coming on uh, this week. Um, Shalina, sorry, I always get things wrong, but I'm not going to edit it, like I said. Um, Got a few more guests coming on this week on Tuesday um and thursday again so it should be some fun it's always good to chat and i'd love to get your feedback on it as well um so now we're going to go through our mindful moments for the end uh, of the program so this one's called the triple warmer the triple warmer is the meridian that controls our fight flight or freeze response also called the three burners in chinese medicine it fights off illness in our bodies and when it is activated the body is on high alert Keeping the triple warmer balanced is especially important because many aspects of our modern way of life are registered as as invaders by our triple warmer. This meridian can become overactive, causing it to respond to daily stresses such as traffic jams or stressful meetings as if we're in dangerous or life-threatening situations. We see triple warmer in all its glory as a carrier of joy at the moment of birth. Triple warmer helps the mother contract and push. It helps the baby get into the rhythm with contractions and it helps keep the baby from going into shock. At death, when triple warmer finally stops trying to fight danger, it brings you totally into the present so you can let go and be without fear as you move to the other side. Triple warmer cannot serve us optimally when it is so out of balance. No matter how stress-filled our lives, it does not serve us for triple warmer to treat everything as a threat. You know your triple warmer is overloaded if you can't ever relax, even after meditation, or if you generally feel anxious all the time. Having the triple warmer active for much of the time creates problems by depleting our bodily resources as it pulls energy out of all the other meridians except the heart to keep the body safe. Triple warmer begins at the tip of the ring finger and passes between the knuckles of the ring finger and pinky fingers. It then goes between the two bones of the arm and to the shoulder via the tip of the elbow and back of the upper arm. To calm or sedate this meridian, especially in a time of overwhelming panic and hypervigilance, we trace it backward from the head down and off to the hand. To trace the triple warmer backward, do the following. Are you ready? Place the fingertips of your right hand on the left side of your temple. Take some soft belly breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth. Exhale. Trace over the top of the temple, over the top and around the back side of the ear, down the neck, along the shoulder to the elbow and off the end of the ring finger. Trace three times and repeat on each side. If your body has the message that it is safe, Triple Warmer will be able to express its joyful abilities. When stress comes along, Triple Warmer will establish a habit of keeping the body calm, cool and collected. 
rather than going into a stress response at a rapid rate. In the same way Triple Warmer conscripts energies from all the other meridians and energy systems, it can send this calming message to them as well. That sounds really brilliant. Again, sometimes you might have to listen to these over a couple of times. Uh, I save all the podcasts. They're all sitting up there on Spotify and Apple. As I say, we're up to episode 35 today, which I think is like amazing. We've done every single day. We don't miss a day. Remember, I did three years straight on Instagram of lives. I don't miss a day. Um, I love that you guys are on here again for the mindful moment. Thank you so much to RestoreMethod.com, which is my major sponsor, I guess you call it, um, or Catalyst Body Works on Instagram and uh, Facebook. Thanks, Tani. Um, Thanks, Shalina, for coming on today. And yeah, that's it for today. And I hope you guys have a really beautiful Sunday night and enjoy your day off tomorrow, the King's birthday, because we all love the Royals so much. All hail the King. Yeah, right. Okay. Love you guys. I'll talk to you again soon. Peace.